Welcome to Your Inspired Journey. I'm Carla Andrews, and I have the pleasure of being here with Sonia Montiel. And she is fantastic when it comes to helping our young next generation in regards to selecting colleges and really just the next level in life. She helps to coach, mentor, give the families guidance, and of course, definitely reach out to how a student can navigate and win in the college atmosphere. Welcome. How are you, Sonia? Oh, thank you. I am doing fantastic. Thanks, Carla, for having me. Oh, it was a, it's a pleasure because I know this can help a lot of families, especially around this type of, you know, this type of situation that we're dealing with. But really, at any time, a parent can use the guidance of how to win and how to succeed in the world of the next level, the higher level education in the college world. And I'm sure this, you know, it, it, it ends up spilling in different areas of their lives. We're really giving them a great solid foundation of how to, to succeed. How, uh, if you could maybe share, first of all, before we even dive into that, of course, the audience is dying to know who you are and how did you get to this space of making this a uh, 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 job, not necessarily a job, but making this a uh, 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 calling for you to be able to help support other families. Thanks. Yeah, Carla, when you were describing that in my, in my mind, I was saying calling. It was absolutely a calling. A little bit of background. Um, so I, I run a company called College Confidence. Um, and it didn't start, actually, I started when I was in my mid-20s. So I was fairly young. Um, and ironically, I was a first-generation student. My parents were immigrants and didn't, you know, basically said to me and my twin sister, you're going to college. I don't know what that means. You're just going. And okay. the obedient daughter that we were, we were just like, yes, right? And so you go through the motions. And, you know, as parents, you want the absolute best. I know that you're a parent as well. Um, I have a 19-year-old and 11-year-old two daughters. And we all share a common ground as parents. We want our children to maybe perhaps be better than us, but definitely set them up so that they're successful and happy and financially secure adults so we don't have to worry, right? Yes. But in that, um, so before College Confidence, I worked for the University of California as an admission counselor. I got my master's in education because I knew education was the calling. I started to see what college admissions culture was like, working for admissions, and then I was a um, director of high school uh, or director of college counseling at a private high school, you know, where all the okay. parents are like, we expect college as the outcome. That's right. And, right? T tangible outcome. And through my two roles, both so positive, um, you know, working with young people, they are the bloodline. You ask me, you know, like, the, why do I do it? young people are our futures they are incredible incredible human beings in terms of innovation creativity guts um i knew that the process itself we were not protecting the worth of our young mm -hmm. people in fact we were telling them don't think about what your creativity and innovation is right now you need to follow these rules so you can be competitive for college and get access to college and then you can kind of think about you know what you want to do with that degree wow and that's been so, about 20 so, years it's interesting that you're saying that it's like you're you're sharing that us our children our students 
should focus a little bit more on being creative, imaginative, and being innovative before we get to college, not uh, take this whole time of just studying, 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 and trying to get into a college. And then when you get there, you know, this is when you're trying to put on the hat of being creative. Is correct? Right. Yes. Um, so I'm saying, you know, it's about 20 years in this, this world. And the highest achieving students that I have worked with, amazing in terms of their discipline, the routine, the, the rigor, um, grit. But when I ask them, why? What is your purpose? Why are you having this path? Mm. Almost every person, they don't know how to answer that. And I think back as parents, wow. we, should be, we should be helping our young people know what to, how to answer that kind of question. They may not know the answer, but they're developing on that answer. Um, and so uh, in recent years, we've had huge issues on the college admission or college campus side where mental and emotional health issues are arise and the services are increasing, and many students are coming back home for many reasons, but that the skill set, the navigation, the courage, or the, the knowledge of how do I utilize other resources when I, when I will fail, we're not quite getting the increase of those skills by the time our, our students reach college age. So college confidence is more, more than just understand the process and let's get you in. It's asking why. Why is our starting point? Wow. And, and so if you have a starting point and you know where you'll end up uh, with, of course, with the end in mind to have uh, at least an idea which area you want to go into. And that is so true because if we're not focusing and helping that child, you know, realizing where do they fit into this world when they get to that space in college, even how you're selecting your courses, how you're selecting your major, all of that matters uh, based on the self-reflection or really knowing who you are as a, as a person before you become, whether it's a doctor, a teacher, an engineer, or a community leader, whatever. So it's, a, it's you're, you're right on point. It is very, very important that we as a community, as parents, that we focus more on helping the next generation figuring out exactly what it is, uh, where they fit into this world. Yeah, and I think too, it's like, usually when we go back, um, how, I can't, I'm, countless times I remember, you know, how many adults have changed their majors and national average is, yeah, me too, me too. But it's about 3.3 times, a little bit over three times that a fresh, incoming freshman will change their majors. Colleges are ready to say, well, it's great that you're declaring a major at your application, but we know you're gonna change it. And it's because young adults have been saying, or parents have been saying, friend teachers have been saying to their kid, you should totally be a doctor or a lawyer. One of these categories, right? And then, you know, being obedient will be like, okay, well, if you think I should be, then I guess I'll follow more of that path. Um, but if whenever I dive into when they change their major or they become their working adults and I dig deeper, or even the, the parents, and I say, what made you change your major and end up in your profession? They always knew as children. Children are amazing. Like they know themselves yes. by age six. They do. They do. They right? I mean, if you observe your like, three children, right? if you observe your, your children, you kind of know they have a knack for something. And if yes. we can protect that, protect something's going right and nurture that rightness and then have them question what makes it so enjoyable then you're feeding the resources and they're enjoying the learning along the way. 
they begin to trust themselves, they begin to see themselves as worthy, and all of a sudden they're taking charge of their college process and they don't have to be told what to do. Exactly. And I, I love how you mentioned that, like protect that rightness because the child is going to show you, you know, it's, it's almost as, as the same as a child showing you that they're left-handed or right-handed. Uh, you know that from the beginning, right? Because you hand them a pencil and it, usually the hand that they're, that they're going to write with, that's the hand they, they pick, take the pencil. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but you know, if you're handing a child, uh, uh, and anyone who want to try it, I, I'm sure that's what they'll find out. Because you know, if you're a right-handed person, usually you'll take the idol with the, the dominant hand. Yeah. So what, what's, what's interesting is what you were saying is it's important for us to really pay attention to see what they like, what they dislike. And I know a lot of times everyone wants their child to be a, a football star, a, you know, a, a be an NBA or be a singer, but they may want to be an artist. They want to be, they want to be a chef. They may enjoy, you know, working with animals. But how will you know that if you don't, you know, really pay attention to those skills and I think a lot of times yeah, we're so focused on, on getting those A's or help. Well, let me, let, me, let me rephrase that. We're so focused on ensuring that that, that that student or that child get the A that we don't focus on really what overall that they really are in love with. And it could be being a veterinarian, being a gardener, whatever it is, and, and taking that effort, that talent or that skill set and then help them improve it. And this is like the most important work that I focus on. It's not my work, but uh, there's a professor, a researcher called, uh, named Carol Dwight. Uh, um, oh my gosh, I just lost it. But, uh, no, she just broke no you're, you're good because I can cut this part off. You're good. So just talk freely because I can, you know, I, I edit. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you're you. Good. Thank you. Um, but there is this researcher, um, Carol Dweck. And she's from Stanford, and she did a phenomenal research on growth mindset versus fixed mm. mindset. Yeah. And growth mindset is hugely important in terms of a parent tool. But what we, and we can say, like, growth mindset is basically a decision where you have two, two options. You can choose the harder option. You might fail, but boy, will you learn something. Yeah. Or you can choose the easier option and you're going to surely achieve here. You will feel good. You will probably do well here. Now growth mindset will take the challenge because they're not fearful of whether they get the outcome or not. They're, they're engaging because of the learning. Mm -hmm. Fixed mindset is I know I can get that award. I know I can get that A. I know I can get that trophy. I'm going to pick this path. Fixed mindset. And parents use fixed mindset, and I, I believe it's mostly on accident, because we think, oh, how am I going to motivate, like, think about, you know, like a five-year-old in soccer, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to keep my five-year-old playing soccer? Well, I'm going to focus on that trophy that he got at the end of the season. Oh, babe, look at this cool trophy. Isn't it pretty? Isn't it shiny? And we do that with A grades. We do that with GPA, because as parents, we think the, yeah. the measurement motivates the teen but the mistake is that the teen starts to develop their worth based on outcome and not on the learning themselves the effort is that you know, that's foundational that makes a that makes a big difference i i remember uh, one of my sons so where you know it's it's interesting how you're saying that you know as a parent you want him to succeed you want him to do well and uh he had a music class 
and music wasn't <laughs> that's 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 not his forte that's not his goal i mean you know of course he loves music but actually playing it so he was in the band but i tell you uh he we knew that he was not going to be <laughs> in a band and he was playing the trumpet and I tell you, I couldn't, I'm telling you, uh, Sonia, I couldn't wait till he was done with this class because uh, I, would, I mean, you just could, you, I didn't want to tell him, but we knew that this was going to be his only band class ever. And, and I'm glad that I didn't focus on him trying to get an A, but like, and he did it, he got a B at the class, but hey, if, if that's not his strength. So to get a B in the class, and if you're doing well in the other classes, you know, you're doing great. And so I've learned as a parent, instead of focusing, you know, you need to get A, A, A and everything. You need to get, the, you know, these excellent grades. Instead, more focus on your, your strength and then focus on what it is that you enjoy. And then, of course, those there are part of the curriculum that you may not want that to be a priority in your life. And it's OK for you to get that B. It's OK and, and move forward. So there's so much pressure on the on these kids that. You're right. They're, they're not learning to be creative, um, taking chances or, or taking risks. They're so focused on and, and pleasing. Sometimes I think pleasing the parents and making sure that I make mom or dad happy and get straight A's. And then really they they they're not you know they don't like the class. They don't like possibly the direction or you know whatever the the. Sometimes some schools are are like a, a technical school or a medical school, and they may not even want to be there, but they're doing it because they're trying to please us as parents. Do you find that happening a lot? Oh, that's in most cases. So with College Confidence, we just don't, we do not just work with the teen. Yeah. We, we work with the entire family because a lot family. of the growth is within the parents. And that's again, it. it's, it's all based on love, and but maybe some lack of tools. Like this is the only tool I knew because my parents told me that I got rewarded getting the A's and the trophies. So I was raised on fixed mindset. That's all that I knew. So for sure it's the parents, but what's really confusing then is when it comes to college admissions, when it comes to today's job market, they're only asking about, well, tell us something that you've created. How did you collaborate with others? Tell us an intellectual wow. engagement, not intellectual. It's like, Okay, I'm not saying I release, you know, all students of finding discipline and routine and studying and time management. They have to take classes they don't like. There is that balance. The colleges want to know, what is your purpose? What is it that you enjoy? Share with us in your essays. And so then parents and teens freak out because they're like, what's the equation? Is there, is there an answer to that? And so my coaching is there is no answer. It's what you feel in your core of the purpose you're achieving. And they say, this is the first time I've been ever asked that question. Wow. And now it's too late because they're 17, 18. And then we work through that. Gives them, yeah. And it gives them the, and, and just asking that question, it, it, it starts this whole process of, of them trying to figure out what it is that their purpose is or who they are. And it takes them on a journey of, even before going to college to, and I'm sure they've, a lot of, a lot of those who you're working with, they end up identifying exactly where they want to work, where, where they want to go to school or what, what type of major that they want to major in. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's almost like a release. It's a release where there's not one college or one major that will define who they are or that will change, that will completely a hundred percent support their purpose. They kind of realize that these are just vehicles of something that I really know deep inside. And these are the mm -hmm. best resources or vehicles 
that's going to accelerate the path. So I, you know, in terms of top ranking schools, I'm a rebel to that because the ranking is not correlated to the success of, in your adult life. That's, that's it's so engagement. true. Yeah. You, so they, they were, it's almost as they were, they were able to listen to, 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 so they were able to listen to like assignments and, and finish assignments, but that has nothing to do with if they're going to succeed in the real life or in the next level. That's right. That's, that's absolutely so, right. So Sonia, what have inspired you? Like what inspired you to do all, the, all of this for the next generation? Um, you know, I, like my exposure to working with college age students when I was at mm -hmm. the university of California system, uh, I felt happy every day. Like, and then the high schoolers when I worked at a high school and it w and I was only in my mid twenties where I decided to say, I can't represent an institution any longer. Mm. I need to represent the family. And I think about my own upbringing because I realized, wow, I was an obedient daughter and I wish I was more assertive and no one really taught me that. I just went with the flow, changed my major a couple of times and thank goodness I did find my calling. So I literally decided to say, I'm starting my own thing. And the visualization is I sprinted and jumped off the cliff to start College Confidence because I was so sure of mm -hmm. the vision that I had. And then I enjoyed the free fall of, well, how do you become an entrepreneur? That's it. I'm on the free fall, I was like figuring it out. Um, and that was the start of College Confidence. Uh, my very, very first parent meeting, um, so I, I was at a home and I invited parents there was 20 families in that workshop and I did this 45 minute workshop. I had 19 families sign on and that was the wow. beginning of my first clientele group. That was a, the 2002 start. And I thought, I think I have something that was kind yeah. of like the calling is working. It's, and there's plenty of parents, especially now I can only imagine, have you seen be, because of the time that the times that we are in now, has it increased or decreased? Um, yes, uh, COVID has absolutely turned college admissions upside down. Um, so we were just getting a handle of what admission requirements were. What I love about it, though, is colleges are showing great compassion when it comes to right. admissions. And families are really, um, they're really nervous. I think that, you know, just safety, can I, you know, leaving the nest was already a stressful kind of transition. Like, am I ready as a parent to let go of my child? But now, you know, it, it really becomes a very, a very physical, real fear. And so most of my work now is helping to deal with those anxieties, uh, affordability. Um, and then we are customizing plans where it's fitting the family in that right way, whether it's emotional, mental, financial, you know, what are the great thing is that there's so many options still, hmm. so many options still. Uh, so we make sure we're very careful in designing that path that aligns with all of those values that the family's looking for. But yeah, it sure has heightened a, a lot of anxiety. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. So, have you seen, like, are you able to help with the financial aspect, like with financial aid? Is that part of your program or is it just mainly, you know, working them with, uh, like getting ready for college? Yeah, the affordability is absolutely has to be part of the conversation. Okay. I don't Great. get knee deep with looking into 
um, finances and strategizing, I actually, we refer out and have an advisor or a coach come in to help with, you know, if there needs to be maneuvering of funds. But we definitely look at what's the affordability factor for each family, um, how much financial aid they're going to get, and then dissecting within that financial aid package, how much will be loans and how much will be the scholarships and grants. We want scholarships and grants, right? Money we don't have to yes. pay back. <laughs> because financial aid can be really tricky when colleges say, oh, 90% of our students get financial aid, but most of that can come in the form of a loan. So I really wanna make that transparent for families. Like, what is your final bill? And then we can say, and then we have, with the teen, the teen has to be part of that conversation. Let's talk about what our family can afford. And that changes that college yes. list a bit as well. Yes. I love that because it's so important for the, that being part of the package. And it's great to know that even if you're not going, you know, deep within uh, all the different structures of financial, of financial support for the student, but that you have someone else or, you know, that's able to help the family with that. Because that's, of course, without the money, you can't go anywhere. Right. And, and you're, right. you're correct. A lot of times with the financial aid, usually the most that you may get is like five, six thousand dollars. So and then the rest is usually uh, there is usually loans. So it's important to know where the scholarships are, where grants are to help, you know, that weight, that financial weight on the family. Yes. And, and that in itself is stressful. It is. And, you know, I think another thing with parents, they tend not to like to talk about money or affordability with their teen. And the other misleading thing is when you say to your teen, babe, you got this. You your job, honey, is just to work hard in school. That is your job. Don't worry about the, the money part. We'll somehow take care of it. That's basically mm. what teens are hearing. We we'll, we'll manage. We'll figure it out. A teen listens to that and says, I'm going to be okay. I just have to do my part and I have access to college. And so many times in my, in my office, I'll hear, you know, at the end, they get accepted, the student gets accepted to their first choice. And then the family will be like, oh, oh, you know what? We can't, we can't afford this. We didn't know. And you can mm. absolutely know. And so I, I want to bring the parents back in and say, have some courage, you know, to really bring in the teen and have this conversation. What a great lesson for the teen, right? Yeah. This, is, this is a family investment. Um, yeah, I look at rate of return. So yeah, hugely important. Oh my gosh. So if you, if you had to do it, because I know you said you mentioned you had tweens right now, right? Yep. And how old are they again? I just have one 11-year-old. My, my oldest is 19, so she's second-year college student. Okay. And, have, like, and as you're working with the parents and you have your, your, your child into college, if, any advice that you f to prepare like, before they would meet with someone like you? to help support them in, in this um, you know, college journey. Any advice you have for those who are looking to support their students, their, you know, a student or their children toward, like what would they have to prepare? Or what would you share with them even before they go in, you know, into the college ages, right? So what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of times college trying to prepare at you know, freshman through senior in high school, but what would, what would be the advice for someone that's in middle school? Like, how could they start preparing and, and be in the space where they're ready? College confident. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, for sure. The younger we can start, the better, right? Because we talked about growth mindset 
there's the age starts when they were when they're born basically and you yeah yeah <laughs> I, maybe we're too late you know that's okay you're you're two years old you're going to college yeah yeah right, you're right. Right. I, I have an outcome um and i would love to give this to your listeners i created this parent and um teams unite it's designed for middle schoolers and up and okay. it's a guidebook um by month of how can parents and their children engage in conversations about strict, the niches, academics, and options after high school. But how do we control that conversation? Because I don't, one thing to avoid is, we shouldn't be asking our kid about school all the time, right? How, by the time our kids are teens, they dread walking through the, that kitchen door, and the, the first question that the parent will say is, I saw that C grade, what happened, <laughs> right? Because we have know. access, right? Or what's for homework? How was school today? Um, you know, how was your, you know, all, everything is about schooling and schooling isn't their entire identity. Mm. So it's going huge. Back to, yeah, going back to your the tips, it's control the conversation by agreement. And the guide helps saying, choose one or twice a week where you, you and your child agree, like, you know what, can we talk about school? Thursdays and Tuesdays and Thursdays for 30 minutes during this time frame, and we both agree to that time frame and the place. Because of, of course, parents get so frustrated when the teens like it was good. I don't know because they they want to get out of the because it's always asked. They're, they're, they feel like they're integrated, and so teenagers will sometimes check out and not talk about academics at all. Yeah, yeah. They start to freak out. Right? But I'm sure can, mine have done that. Yep. <laughs> we can control and say right here during this 30 minutes, let's just talk about schooling and how I can support you. Not me analyzing and judging where you are, but ways I can support you and how you feel about school. And then we can talk about other great topics happening in your life all the other times. Right? So that I think is one of the biggest changes or tips that we can adjust as parents. Um, if, and then I, and that guidebook that again, you just have to pay, it's a hard copy. So just have to pay for shipping costs. Um, I can also PDF for free, um, an email. It will tell you how to set up, like, how do I engage my teen to, or tween to set up? And then what do I talk about during those times? And I have these, I love that. I love questions that. And then questions for the child to ask the parents. So it's a dialogue. It's so, not let me ask you this again. So where can the, uh, Working someone, a parent, or even so, sometimes it's grandparents or uh, a neighbor who's helping a family, you know, so how, how, how can they get in contact with you or what is your website again so that they can reach out and get that information? Definitely. I am so available to anyone who needs help if they just need to start. So how to contact me is collegeconfidence.net. And you will see the, all these resources there. Um, you can get the Unite Guide. Um, and then just simply email me. Just I'm so available to helping others. Because again, I was a first generation college student. We didn't have a lot of resources or help. And I want to be that person to be accessible to help jumpstart any family who's thinking about creating that next step for, for their teen or tween. And, and then it's interesting because, you know, you're saying that you're the first person that have gone to college. And a lot of times I'm hearing a lot of people mentioning, well, it's not important to go to college anymore. What, what says you about that? Like, how, what would you, how would you answer that question in regards to 
What it, why is it important to attend college? I, I don't like statements like that, actually. Any, any dramatic statement like that is truly misleading. Um, I'll tell you what research says. Research says that when a student goes to post-secondary education at least one mm -hmm. year, so one year after high school graduation, you train yourself in something or you, in, you get an associate's degree, no matter what it is, your income, and I know high schoolers are gonna be so interested in this, you will make $500,000 more. It's over 40, 40 years, people, okay? So it's not wow. like, but you will make $500,000 more in your 40 years compared to just a high school diploma. So hmm. for me, I don't stress on college degree or not college degree. It's how are you gonna advance the skill set that you have that can look like community college, um, apprenticeship, uh, military. I want every teen to know you've got six options, but which one yeah. is the best for you? And then you can- What are the six options? What are the six options? So community college, where you can get your associate's degree or transfer to a four year. Um, okay. Military. Military has really amazing educational benefits and other benefits. My husband um, went to the Navy, so we, I know what those benefits are like. Thank um, you for your service. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll pass it on. Thank you. Um, traditional four-year, uh, you know, four-year university goes straight to four-year. You have gap year programs. So that's where you want to do a service project for a year. Um, I'm using work separately as the sixth option. You go straight to work but there should be a purpose mm -hmm. and a plan. So it's not just going to Subway and being a sandwich maker for a year. It's what are those skill sets that's going to jump, jump into the to next build level. your skill sets for with a purpose. If it's, in other words, it's serving, I mean, every job serves uh, in, in where you can you know, get some skill sets right. of being a better communicator, a better leader, all of that good stuff, or even helping with discipline and structure. But I, I see what you're saying, something that's going to serve what it is that you're going to do later on. Right. And I always say, it's not necessarily, you know, I, I, I tell teens, imagine yourself that you're old, like, you know, like, like me, I'm like mid forties. Okay. Imagine yourself, you're old. <laughs> you're um, just a child. What that education post high school does, it allows you flexibility. So mm. yes, you know, you can go straight to workforce, but how much flexibility will you have you know, I think of, you know, and, and you know, again, construction's an amazing, we need it. It's essential. Um, but when we're 40, 50 years old, do we have movement? Can we leave construction if it's on our, on our bodies? We may have to stop working early. Can we shift mm. in that profession? And you can, you can still do um, construction and you can get a management, construction management degree. That's a certificate. And it yes. gives you the flexibility to move with the job market. So you're not in your mid forties, fifties, and all of a sudden you can't move with the job market. I don't want anyone to feel stuck um, mm -hmm. in their, in their adult well, life. So. Where you become unemployable there, of course, there's two types of unemployable where you're making millions. So no one can employ you. Yes, <laughs> we get that. But then yeah. there's the other that where you, and that's the word the flexibility and having those options. So that if you do need to make a shift or pivot, and I'm sure a lot of us are figuring that out now in the in this world of employability, because a lot of jobs disappeared. But how did you pivot? How did you use your certificate or your degree 
for your skill set. And then they have to be degree, like you mentioned. But how did you use it? And I'm sure this, I mean, this has been a very learning learning time for uh, many of us, for uh, a lot of us in regards to how valuable our skill sets were. Definitely. And so any time to, to learn, especially I would say, you know, to the younger, to the next generation is to look at our generation, you know, your generation and mine, because I'm a little older than you are, but to look at out and see, okay, which one, which one was more essential. And no matter what type of situation happens, a doctor will always be needed. A nursing will always be needed. You know, working in certain different type of fields, construction uh, will, will always be needed. Like certain things, like no matter what happens, they're they're essential. Right. You know, essential to our economy, essential to our communities and society. So it's interesting. This is the best time to learn to see if what I love to do is like if I don't want to be a doctor. I don't need, you know, that's not a place to go for me, but maybe I want to be a teacher. Yes. And so his teachers are essential also. So it gives you an idea. This gives you an idea of, of especially by the time that the, a parent is reaching out to you, hopefully that helps them. So, so you, it makes your job a little easier to help the, you know, navigate the, the next generation to the right path. And, uh, and so, yes. And so when you're working with a student, do you find that it's a lot of time that where you're the one directing the conversation or the student has a lot of questions so that they can find out more about themselves? So like, how's the dialogue? You know, it's like, are you trying to, you know what I mean? Like pull a lot out of them or they're, they, they're literally ready to come and talk to you and say, oh, you know, I'm so glad that I'm talking to you, Sonia. Or I'm sure there's a lot of them are saying, Miss Sonia. And now I can get that clarity that I was always looking for. I just didn't know how to, how to ask somebody. And I think, you know, this is where it's magical because, you know, I want to model the, the parenting style that I hope everyone can, can start to practice. And most teams don't know what to ask. Uh, there, there's a lot of confusion, but they don't, they've never been asked to release that confusion. And mm. The way that my dialogue happens, it will never be a, a director sh directing authoritative conversation. It's planting reflective questions and holding mm. still. This is so magical. Holding still. The pause, the silence, that is powerful tools. Because when I ask a hard question to a teen and saying, gosh, I, I see this theme of, of art. What is your relationship with art? How do you identify with it? And those are, I mean, even as an adult, if you ask me something, I'd be like, I need to, I need a second for that one. <laughs> and I stay there with them in that silence because they know I won't let that question go. I want to give them permission to think and then to respond. And it's a, a beautiful thing to allow them in their space and then to practice rehearsing. It may not be beautiful response right away, right? but it gives them the permission to say, I can think whatever I'm thinking about my relationship with art. Or actually, I, I don't think about at all. My parents made me do art. <laughs> and <my laughs> exactly. Or, or trumpet, right? <laughs> <laughs> As parents and educators, it's please be more silent and still. Take the pause for your teen to take some time to really yes. grapple with some tougher questions. Um, and there's no way we can do college admissions where I'm pushing or pulling them 
and many, mm. many parents feel like that, forcing them into the gates like a stubborn horse. And then once they get through the gates, you're like, oh, good, good luck, right? Yeah, it well, doesn't work. The stubborn horse is still a stubborn horse. So like, what do I do here? I don't, what do I, how do I navigate here? And so, um, yeah, I, I model the reflective nature of our, it's a kind of like a life coach, though I'm not a certified life coach, but I coach them through these tougher questions. But you have, I mean, it's not even about being a, a certified, it's the fact that you have this experience that you need to share with the parents. Because I'm sure a lot of parents are, are you've literally, I mean, it's to me, that's life-changing because how many times and I'm saying this as a coach myself, that I've met someone, and I think I would say the oldest one that I've worked with was might have been like 63 years old, 62, 63. Uh, I know in the mid-60s, but what was happening is the person was so upset with themselves in their 60s mm. because they went into the medical field and they didn't like it. And they were realizing in their 60s that they were they really chose that career because the family was encouraging and I say encouraging because most of the family most of the family was in the medical field and so you you're saving possibly 40 years of headache Mm. 40 50 years of someone having to say I you know from 16 to 66 you know it's like gosh that's 50 years of your life that you could have been doing something you really love and by meeting with Miss Anya, you you help guide them and give them a better trajectory to something that they you know it's almost like a, a, a fork in the road to take the the right road versus a road that's been forced upon you. So mm. it's crucial how you end up changing lives, you know, from from these sessions and be able to take out you know bring bring up what it is that that person or that child or that student is really, really puts them on fire, really inspires them. And in this, this is how you stay inspired when you're doing something you love. Well, hence, you know, your inspired journey, right? But if you're, you're inspired to do what you're doing for 20 plus years, because this means something to you. This is, this is, as I mentioned, a part of your calling. This is a ministry to you. This is how you're, you're not only doing it to, to make a living, but to make a difference. And so, it really, really is helpful. I mean, you're literally changing lives. Thank literally. you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And then the selfish part of me is like, wait a minute, this generation, when I get old, they're going to be taking care of me. What are they going to invent to make my life easier? You know, when I'm an yes. elder and I become their greatest fan and I celebrate that what you're going to innovate will directly come back to me. And I just can't yes. wait to watch that unfold. You know, you talk, I remember in a previous um, episode, you talk about seeds that we plant. And I do yes. feel like I'm just planting the seed now and I just can't wait to see what it grows into. It's just yes, really, definitely. it is and, and, and it's, it's, it's so beautiful. What it, I mean, it's, you're doing noble work here because I don't know a lot of people realize it as human beings, the most fundamental foundational aspect of existence is to be able to take on all this knowledge that we know and take it and carry it on to the next generation. This is how we get the Star Treks and get the, you know what I mean? Like, like to, to be able to have the NASA and build and go into the Mars and, and taking this information and passing it down to the next generation. And what you're helping to, to, to find the next um, Elon, the next you know, Tesla owner, you're helping to find the next Yahoo, 
And be why? Because if I love computers and I was forced into accounting, you know, what a shame that was for the world. Because this child could have really done something for the good of, of, of humanity if they really did something that was to their heart and to their imagination. So our job as the older generation is to really help support them. And this is what you're doing and helping other families getting that aha, that how important that is. And that starts with being part of, you know, getting that type of education, because if you're going to be a professor or a scientist or get your PhD in physics, you can't get that if you're being forced into, and I have nothing against accounting. I love my accounts, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's like, if you're forcing me to take cooking classes and I hate cooking, when in reality, as a girl, I may want to be in science, you might have done the world as a family a disservice. Yeah. And sure. so he, here you come and you're helping gracefully, I may add, to help support the family to literally not only make a decision that impacts the student, the family, but possibly humanity. And so your 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 calling is actually something that literally is connected to our future. Our future, <laughs> literally. I, I and so. oh, I mean, how, as you mentioned, there's so many of our young generation who have no clue what it is that they want to do. And here you are, you're able to help guide them, coach them, mentor them, and even train them um, to be able to be successful in who they want to be and who they ought to be versus what the world says they should be. And that is. That is, that is huge. That's huge. It. That's it right huge. there. And I just have to say, too, just one thing, because um, you will get those teams, and I have one. So my yeah. team, she wasn't a high-achieving, go-getter competitive. She was a very laid-back, like, I don't know if school's that important. And definitely, yes. grow, I learned so much as a parent, and even though I was the expert in college counseling, to grow with her. But when my daughter was like, I'm going to be an actress. I want to be an actress. And I just looked at her because, you know, the first, I said, I want you to be the best actress that, yes, you will, that the world it. has ever seen. So tell me about your plan. Let's build a plan. So another mom said, you know, oh, my son said he wants to be, you know, an extreme famous mountain biker. And I said, oh, my gosh, what a waste of time. And I said, go with it because he's passionate. You say you're going to be the best mountain biker that this world has ever seen. Now think about the what steps are next. And so when I help my daughter with acting, well, here are the steps that you have to consider. And we, you know, worked together and I had her do her own thing to reflect. It was her own decision to say, you know what? Acting is a hobby. I enjoy it, but I know it's not my profession. I didn't have to tell her that. She decided that that was something yes. that it was a joy, but it wasn't her life calling. And I think as parents, we shouldn't make those decisions for them, but we can help guide them to see, make sure you're, you know, you're asking the right questions when you're thinking about a certain path, so. And you know what I've seen too, because I've worked with parents in the past, is how sometimes they share the resentment that they have for their parents for quote unquote encouraging, <laughs> not forcing, but encouraging them to go a certain path that they didn't want to. Or not necessarily they were forcing them or encouraging them to a path, because sometimes the parents, we would ask a student, we would ask our children, what is, what is it that you want to do? And they don't have a clue. And so we would, we would say sometimes the easiest answer or the most comfortable answer to say, well, take accounting. 
And, I, I'm, and I'm sorry that I keep picking on my accounts, but you know, I'm just saying it's like, you know, it, it, they may tell them a, a guidance and usually for a child is to please parents. A lot of times that's what our children do for us. So if a parent is saying, hey, pick this profession, usually the child say, okay, especially if they have no clue what it is that they want to do. So it's important that, that we need to invest more and helping our next generation figuring out earlier, right, sooner than later of exactly what it is that they want to do. And here you, you are, you literally have an organization that helps support that to help our next generation. And again, as I mentioned, our existence is to help the next generation because if we do them well, when we're on our sick bed, they'll turn back and, and give us the favor of love, nurture, and compassion versus resentment. And really, sometimes I've seen hatred because, you know, I could have done this, but you kept telling me to do this. And you see a lot of families fall apart because of that. So uh, thank you so much for sharing all these things that our listeners can actually reflect upon. And maybe even if they're not in the, in the same phase for their children, but possibly to help their grandchildren or the neighbor, maybe they'll take this information and and share it with some someone they love in their in their unit in their circle and That's so amazing. i appreciate that thank you so much for having me on what a great conversation thank you so i wanted to ask you and and in conclusion how do you serve others oh wow well i'm also a youth soccer coach so um it's i get it's hard, all heart uh it's showing you know how you know, what does a compassion feel like when you receive it? What does it feel like when you give it? And so when I, I do a lot of service, whether it's, and it's usually with youth, um, but it is through my, my core kind of superpower of compassion, not only to say I'm here to help, but to uplift and elevate. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank, you, so thank much. you for being, thank you for being you and doing what it is that you do. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Sonia. Thank you, all our listeners and our audience here at Your Inspired Journey. I'm Carla Andrews. And again, we are here for one reason. We're on, we're on earth to help the next generation. You don't believe me? Look at every species on the planet, whether it's an elephant, a tiger, their whole existence is to help the next generation survive. And how do we do that depends on how we invest our time with our next generation, whether it's your child, your neighbor, or someone that you're working with in the school settings. So I appreciate that Sonia came by, shared with us the importance of our impact that we have on the next and our future. Until then, I look forward to seeing you soon.